It's Wednesday, June 26th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Tonight's round one of the first Democratic primary debate, and it's going to be a crowded stage. We've got the who's who and the what to know for the watch party. Then Robert Mueller dropped the mic last month, but now it looks like he's picking it up again before Congress. We'll give you the details. And finally, how New York will be celebrating pride in more ways than one. We're here to make your Wednesday smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about the 2020 election and the first Democratic debate starting tonight in Miami. Let the talking points and interruptions begin. Joe Biden, Senator Bernie Sanders, Senator Kamala Harris, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, John Delaney, Bill de Blasio, Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, Jay Inslee, Amy Klobuchar, Beto yeah, O'Rourke, Tim Ryan. It's going to be a circus. There are 25 Democrats running for president right now. 20 made the cut for this first round of debates. And since that's a lot, this party in Miami is now a two-night extravaganza. Ten on each night. So today, we're going to break down who's on stage, where the big rivalries are, and what big issues you might be hearing about. So tonight, night one, also known as Elizabeth Warren versus the world. Not really, but the progressive senator from Massachusetts is the highest polling candidate on stage tonight, and the only one of them polling in the top five. So she gets the prime spot right in the middle. Warren's big on putting it all out there, and we mean all. She's got a plan for eliminating student debt, a plan for battling the opioid epidemic, a plan for ending private prisons. You name it, she's probably got a very detailed plan for it. There are people who are ready for big structural change in this country. They're ready for change and I got a plan for that. But just because Warren's the front runner doesn't mean tonight will be a cakewalk. It could mean she'll be under fire, including from the two guys standing on either side of her, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke and New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. They're both considered rising stars in the party. Booker was the first African-American elected to the Senate from New Jersey, and he's been very vocal on criminal justice reform. O'Rourke almost beat Republican Senator Ted Cruz in last year's Senate race, which was huge for a Democrat in Texas. But both Booker and O'Rourke have had a hard time cracking the top five in recent polls. Also up tonight, Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. She's considered a moderate whose plans are more practical than some might say Warren's are. There's also former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Castro, who'd be the first Latino ever elected president. Castro and O'Rourke have released some of the most detailed policy plans on immigration. The underdogs will be on the outskirts. Hawaiian Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, who was both the first Samoan and first Hindu member of Congress, Congressman Tim Ryan, who once gunned for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's job and lost, former Congressman John Delaney, who, believe it or not, has been running for president for almost two years. Then, Washington Governor Jay Inslee, who's campaigning on fighting climate change, and New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, another progressive. A lot of voters will be seeing a bunch of these candidates for the first time and they'll have just a small shot to make a first impression. So if tonight is Warren versus the world, Thursday is Front Runner Central. In the middle of the stage, former VP Joe Biden, who's leading the entire pack right now. He's been polling among the best against President Trump, alongside the comeback kid, 
Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Remember, he was Hillary Clinton's big 2016 primary challenger and the progressive bane of her existence. Other leading contenders on stage tomorrow include the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, Pete Buttigieg, the first openly gay presidential candidate, and California Senator Kamala Harris, who's the state's former attorney general and one of only a handful of black women to ever run for president. They'll be joined by, deep breath, former Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, Colorado Senator Michael Bennett, and California Congressman Eric Swalwell, and two candidates with no political experience at all, author Marianne Williamson and entrepreneur Andrew Yang. So now that everyone's saying, welcome to Miami, what will they all talk about? There's already been some friendly fire within the Democratic field, including on matters of race. Cory Booker called out Joe Biden over comments he made praising former segregationist senators. Here he is on ABC News on Sunday. Frankly, I heard from many, many African-Americans who found the comments hurtful. Race has also become an issue for Pete Buttigieg, who's been taking heat after a police officer in South Bend, Indiana, fatally shot a black man. Kamala Harris has recently defended her criminal justice record as a prosecutor to black voters. Other disagreements fall mostly along progressive versus moderate lines. On healthcare, some candidates, including Warren and Sanders, have backed Medicare for all. Other candidates like Biden and Klobuchar have said, not so much. They both support some kind of public option plan for Medicare. Then there's student loan debt. Last month, Warren proposed a plan to relieve it for lots of people. And Sanders has proposed eliminating all student loan debt. Pete Buttigieg, who is the youngest candidate and still has over $100,000 of his own student loans to pay off, thinks that actually goes too far. So do others, including Amy Klobuchar. Another hot topic, immigration. Democrats have been taking the White House to task for what they call cruel policies on the border. Like Julian Castro and Beto O'Rourke, Kamala Harris also has a detailed immigration plan. And Elizabeth Warren made a last-minute trip today to a migrant shelter in Florida. And finally, candidates who want to pitch how presidential they are usually pull out the foreign policy card. There's the trade war with China, an unfinished NAFTA reboot, and the U.S. and Iran flexing their muscles. So candidates may get asked about those, too. So what's the skim? The key word for the debate tonight and tomorrow is electability. Democrats want to know which candidates have the best shot at beating President Trump in the 2020 election, which is still a year and a half away. The first look is tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on NBC, MSNBC, and Telemundo. The debate will also be translated into Spanish. No TV? You can watch online instead. And we'll be skimming the terms that come up during the debate on our social feeds. Check us out at The Skim on Instagram and Twitter. And by the way, something else that might come up tonight and tomorrow, the I-word, impeachment. Democrats have been at odds over whether Congress should move to impeach the president. And now Robert Mueller is back in the spotlight. That story's next. Tonight is round one of the first Democratic debates in Miami, and The Skim invites you to live smarter this election season. Right now at theskim.com debate, you can skim all the candidates' resumes, see their priorities for 2020, and know what to expect before they get on stage. You can find all that at theskim.com debate. That's theskimwith2ms.com debate. Now, I hope and expect this to be the only time that I will speak to you in this manner. That's former special counsel Robert Mueller almost a month ago, 
when he dropped the mic. After two years of investigating Russian interference in the 2016 election, possible coordination with the Trump campaign, and whether President Trump obstructed justice, he was ready to go home. He summarized his report one last time and basically said, now, leave me alone. But Congress said, not so fast. The House Intelligence and Judiciary Committees have been trying to convince him to chat with them voluntarily. But yesterday, they finally said, enough is enough. They issued subpoenas, basically forced RSVPs, and Mueller gave in. He'll be testifying on July 17th. And Capitol Hill is going to turn into a zoo. Prepare for your newsfeed to fill up with the live hearings, with big panels of analysts breaking down Mueller's every word. Inside the hearing rooms, lawmakers will be jockeying to question Mueller. He stayed quiet for two years and spoke just that once to say nothing more to share. I would not provide information beyond that which is already public in any appearance before Congress. But even if he says nothing new, these hearings are still going to be huge, mostly because it puts the findings of the Russia investigation back in the spotlight. We know that, yes, Russia interfered in the U.S. election. Yes, people in Trump's campaign knew about it. But Mueller left it open whether the president committed a crime. If we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. We did not, however, make a determination as to whether the president did commit a crime. Democrats have been saying Mueller was sending Congress a message with that, to investigate and decide for themselves. They're probably going to try to use Mueller's testimony to add fuel to their investigations. Meanwhile, Republicans are probably going to call attention to how the investigation was started and Mueller's team. Republicans say it was full of Democrats. Even though Mueller's report has been public for two months, the 448-page document isn't exactly a beach read. So, if you want to catch up before the hearing, a bunch of big-name actors did a dramatic reading earlier this week called The Investigation Presented by Lawworks. Here's actor John Lithgow reading his part. The president became angry and lambasted the attorney general for his decision to recuse from the investigation, saying, how could you let this happen, Jeff? Pretty theatrical. You can watch it online, but it's probably still more exciting to hear it from the man himself. July 17th might be a work from home day. Rainbow flags have been waving all month, but tonight... World Pride kicks off for real in New York. Whoopi Goldberg's hosting the opening ceremony, and there will be performances by big names like Cyndi Lauper, Billy Porter, and more. The city is basically one huge rainbow party all weekend, wrapping up with one of the biggest pride marches in the world on Sunday. Pride is an especially big deal this year because it's the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots that got the fight for LGBTQ rights rolling. But there's also been some drama. Some community activists think the march has shifted too far away from its Stonewall roots as the front lines of the fight for gay rights. They say that now it's too commercialized, too much fun pride, and not enough protest. So they're holding a second march on the same day. The main event will march south in Manhattan, past the Stonewall Inn, then loop back north. The alternative march will start at Stonewall and march north to Central Park. That's the route the first pride parade took 49 years ago. If you've heard of Stonewall but want more of the backstory, we have a deep dive audio feature about it on our website, theskim.com slash pride. Check it out. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from rocks. Moon rocks. 
You know that giant step for mankind Apollo 11 moon landing? Well, astronauts didn't just walk on the moon. From 1969 until 1972, they also collected lunar samples, like dirt and moon rocks, over 800 pounds. They studied a lot of them to see what the moon was made of, but they also kept a bunch of them sealed up in a vault at the Johnson Space Center in Houston that takes two combinations and two people to unlock. Now, for the first time in decades, they're being opened. Research teams are getting to study some of the samples. Basically, a geologist's dream. Each time I put my hands in the cabinet and pick up a sample, I think about, okay, this came from the moon. Scientific methods and instruments are way better now than when the rocks were collected. So they can study things that weren't even possible then. And that's become more important since NASA has a renewed interest in the moon. They're planning another lunar landing in 2024. Rock stars. And that's all for Skim This. We'd love for you to hit subscribe if you haven't already and rate and review us. Hook up your friends too. We have full primers on the 2020 candidates and the issues at stake on our website, theskim.com slash 2020. And we'll have full coverage of tonight's Dem debates in tomorrow's Daily Skim.